Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I'm pleased to welcome my friend and my guest, Orlina Carrick. Let me share a bit about my guest. Dr. Orlina Carrick graduated as a medical doctor from the University of Bristol in the UK. She's been trained as a pediatric doctor. She is now a family health advocate, empowerment mentor, pioneer, author, educator, and mother. She helps families create healthy habits they love so that they can all feel fit and fabulous without having to think about it. I love that. Thank you, Orlina, for all that you do in the world. And thanks for joining me today. I'm really excited to have you on this episode. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Well, let's dive right in and talk about habits. And I'd love for you to share with our listeners today what the definition of a habit is. What is a habit? Well, I love the definition of a habit because so many people say to me, I want to do all of these things. I want to lead a healthy life. I want to exercise. I want to lose weight. I want to do all of these things without having to think about it. And I just want it to be easy. And those three words without having to think about it are essentially the definition of a habit. So it's any behavior that we do repeatedly without having to think about it that we just do on automation, habits. And the thing about habits is they are a double-edged sword. Our minds don't care whether we're doing good habits or bad habits. I'll, I'll use good and bad for purposes of whether it helps or hinders your health journey. So in your mind, it doesn't matter whether it's sitting on front of the television, eating cookies and popcorn and all of those sedentary and you know delicious foods that we like or whether your habit is to get up and run every morning to eat healthy foods in our brain it's exactly the same clearly for our body and our health that's not the case there's a big difference in the consequence that we get but so the fabulous thing is that once you've got those healthy habits you do it all without thinking Well, I I love how you define habit. And that's so important, I think, for this conversation. And I'd love to kind of touch on something that you just said, in terms of habits being easy, or, you know, coming naturally, I guess you could say, and those that you don't have to think about, just the everyday things that we do that we don't have to think about. And the reason I wanted to point that out is habits take years to build some habits, right? And maybe they're conscious and maybe they're unconscious. So, you know, our family of origin could have taught us and trained us just by modeling the things that they did that created these habits that we never had to think about, right? Perhaps every night after dinner, you brought up the, you know, the eating uh, cookies on the couch. So I'll just go with that. Perhaps every night after dinner, our family sat and watched TV eating, you know, a box of cookies on the couch. So these are habits that we're not actually thinking about but they're ingrained, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, the, you know, the, the number one thing I say about habits is we need to bring them to into our awareness because we do all of this stuff without 
without thinking about it. So we're not aware of it. And you're absolutely right that the vast majority of our habits happen in childhood. So as parents, we have to be particularly careful that we're teaching our children good habits and children develop eating habits by the age of three. Now, don't worry, you can change your children's eating habits, but it happens really, really, really early on, scarily early on. And so, yeah, all of it is kind of the luck of the draw. So I think I was a lucky person in my family when we grew up. We always had vegetables at dinner time. My parents, my mother, I should say, mostly did the cooking and there was either salad or vegetables. And so when I left home and went to university, it was just normal for me to eat salads and vegetables. And it's what I now tell people to eat, just eat more vegetables, (laughs) eat more vegetables. But it's the luck of the draw. There's no, it's not like I'm a good person or a more disciplined person and somebody else isn't. It's just some people have good habits and some people have bad habits. Now, the thing about habits is changing habits. And when you change habits, you have to walk across what I call the rickety bridge. So our habits are those things that we do when life happens, when things start to become difficult. So let's take the whole of 2020, for example, and now continuing into 2021. Our habits are the things that we fall back onto. So for me, having already established healthy habits, my habits were to continue to eat vegetables. But for other people, that wasn't necessarily the case. They fell back onto their habits, which may have been to not eat fabulous food. So when you're going along this rickety bridge, You may need to use a little bit of discipline. You may need to plan things out a little bit. And until you have reached the other side where your habits are established, if things happen along that rickety bridge, then you end up, it's like an elastic band. You end up getting pinged back to where you were. And that's when people feel deflated and they think I put in all this effort and I was making such good process progress. And then I ended up back where I was. And then you feel overwhelmed. You feel disappointed. You start judging yourself and thinking that, you know, you can't do anything. And really, it's just habits. It's all just habits. And what's happened is you haven't fully ingrained that habit that you were trying to make. It wasn't actually a habit. It was a nearly habit. And what happened was your old habits took over. And it's as simple as that. Yeah, and it's simple, but it's difficult. It's simple to explain, but it 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 takes work to yeah. institute. And I think uh, one of the things that I was thinking about while you were talking is how we make resolutions, like New Year's resolutions. And to me, I'm not a big fan of that because you know, as soon as mid January occurs and our New Year's resolutions don't show up or we start to fall off the you know the rickety bridge, we'll call it then we're, you know, we're discouraged and unhappy and we kind of let go. I'm a big believer in setting intentions and intentions are things that we can set daily in creating new habits to keep our focus on where we want to be, even in light of the pandemic, you know, and I I also agree as human beings, we return easily to the comfortable and the familiar when we're stressed, we're tired, we're overwhelmed. It's just the fallback, you know? Um, So creating intentions every day that are positive. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of the words good and bad like you, but creating those positive intentions, those positive drives, those positive thought processes that are taking us to new habits that are helping us to establish something different than what we currently have that we're perhaps not happy with. 
So that would you agree that that's a really important process to think about from an intention standpoint? Yeah, well, I think you touched on a really important point, which is we don't just have habits in our actions. We also have habits in the way that we think and we have habits in our emotions. So, uh, you know, an example of your emotional habits might be the way you react to your children or to a particular situation. And we often have this external locus of control. So we think, I'll take an example of my son yesterday morning. So he woke up apparently feeling very happy. He walked downstairs and he saw that his younger sister had put her bowl on his table mat. And we worked through this later on. And the thought that crossed his mind was, that's disgusting. Celeste has put her bowl on my mat and oh, it's also disastrous. And he went from being happy to being angry, frustrated, all of these emotions. And it's all tied up with how he thinks. So part of it was tied up in how he thinks his little sister is very frustrating and does things deliberately to annoy him. And part of it was about how he thinks her cereal bowl is disgusting. And we worked through it to understand that actually probably what had happened was nobody cares about his mat other than him. And perhaps he should take more care of his mat. <laughs> and what had happened was I had been using his space um, at nighttime to do some work. I'd probably moved his mat out of the way into his sister's place. And she'd just not seen the bowl, um, the mat and put his bowl, her, sorry, her bowl on top of it. But the point of this story is that he has an emotional habit, which is to be frustrated by his sister. He also has emotional um, habit ways of thinking, which is my sister is annoying. She does things deliberately to annoy me. And none of these things help him. And you can see the consequence. He got really frustrated and angry. And that's clearly not, you know, frustration and anger happens, but we don't want to go around picking up frustration and anger when we can use better tools and manage it in a much better way. So I think your point is spot on that we create habits in the way that we think and our emotions. And again, we're not aware of these things. The first step is to bring them to the forefront so that we can be aware of them. And then from that place, you can change them. Absolutely. And, and what a beautiful example, helping your children to do this or helping your son to do this, because these preconceived notions can create such daily stimulation in, in a negative spiral for our children, you know, so helping them uncover it is a huge benefit for them so they can see what's truly happening and not, you know, the mat or the cereal bowl kind of taking over uh, life itself. And, you know, doing this work around the world as, as you do as well, it is really important that we help parents and that parents can look at things through a different lens in their own thought process and habits whether they're emotional, physical, mental, whatever, as well as be able to help their children to bring the attention to these habits too. So, you know, we have to uncover the habits we have ourselves and kind of connect with what are the directions that we want to take emotionally, physically, spiritual, mentally, however you want to look at it, so that we can show up as the models for our children and help our children like you beautifully did to dissect what's really going on. Absolutely. I think that the work starts with us. And I say to people that the best thing that you can give your children is your own happiness. And the second best thing you can give them is vegetables. But <laughs> the, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know I do too. But, you know, I really think this idea about giving our children our own happiness is 
paramount because firstly, if you aren't happy and you're not looking after yourself, then your energy levels are low and you cannot help your children. Like this emotional work, again, it's one of those things that it's really easy to talk about now, but it's really difficult when you're there and your child is upset and they're screaming at you and it's all drama and you just want quietness and peace. It's hard work. It's exhausting. And you can't maintain that if you're not looking after yourself. But the second part of it is, is that by doing all of that work yourself, you're demonstrating to your children. And whether it's healthy eating or healthy living or emotional wellness, which is essentially what we're talking about, your children learn by copying. And if you're demonstrating it, they will just naturally pick it up. You don't really have to teach them other than you do the work yourself. Mm -hmm. Today, it's do what I do, not what I say. Whereas in the years <laughs> past, and I can still hear my mother, do as I do, or do as I say, not as I do. So they're just copying what our behaviors and, and attention is on as well. So in leaving our listeners with a few tips or ideas on how to shift habits, what are your top thoughts on that? What top well, do you have to offer? If you're doing it by yourself, I would say just do one habit. Start with one habit. If you do too many habits, you get overwhelmed and then you end up going back, getting pinged back by the elastic. So if you're doing it by yourself, just focus on one habit until it's really, truly ingrained. The thing about that really, truly ingrained is that, that normally happens when you're not looking because when you're constantly looking, you're thinking about it. And the definition is without thinking. So often what happens is you look back and go, oh yeah, I did do that habit five years ago. Um, so yeah, I think that's the big thing is just take it step by step. Um, I do a habit challenge. I do it three times a year. Um, so people are welcome to come and join in my habit challenge, which is a week where I focus on giving people the tools that they need to understand how to set yourself up to create a habit. So, you know, the bottom line is you have to repeat, 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 but there are ways to set it up and make it easier to repeat doing a habit. And it's not about discipline. It's about putting yourself, I like to think of the analogy of a little train, you know, those trains that go on the tracks, the children's toy trains, and you wind up the little train, and it just goes round this track that you've already built. And it's exactly like that. We need to think of ourselves as that little train, and we wind ourselves up and we push ourselves around the day. And we've decided in advance what our habits are going to be, but we make it easy for ourselves, it just becomes automated. And so it's really about thinking about your life and how you can set it up. But yeah, I would love to invite people to come to my habit challenge. As I say, it happens three times a year. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So that leads me to where can people learn more about you and perhaps sign up for the habit challenge? Well, thank you very much for asking. My website is drorlena.com. So that's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A.com. And I also have a podcast, which is Fit and Fabulous at 40 and Beyond. Only 40. <laughs> 40 and beyond. and beyond. Well, I, I have to say, I, it gets shortened to Fit and Fabulous because that was the original title. But you know what happens. We just get a little bit lazy. And so it's Fit and Fabulous. And it, essentially, it's for anybody, really. But, you know, I'm particularly talking to mothers with children because I like to think about family health and how our health impacts our children. But really and truly, it's all applicable to anybody. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thanks for all you shared and all you're doing in the world. I really appreciate it. And I know our listeners 
have had the honor of listening to you and learning from you as well. Fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And to the listeners, thank you for joining us. And remember, every moment is a new moment for conscious connection. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.